Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. I'm on display every day, and I can make myself feel calm inside. Welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast. That was Heather Batchelor with her single, Couldn't Care Less. I hear a little bit of Shania Twain in her. A little bit. Kind of vibey, kind of yeah. mellow. Yeah, and she uh, she came to us through the Lady Savage Management Group, who also represent Bridget Ryan, who we featured on the show too. So there's kind of a little bit of a connection there. 
You know, we, we tend to hear these uh, retro influences in a lot of acts that we feature here. I hope that these folks um, actually hear it too, and they're doing it intentionally. Otherwise, we're going to have some upset artists on our hands. But so, uh, Oh, so to, to bring that up, Greg, my younger brother now is a podcast listener, and he had issues with you and Carl in last week's episode in not bashing, but just making the assumption that the bands that we're hearing that have that retro vibe don't know the bands that they're trying to like recreate the sound of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, he, you know. he's, he was like, I don't like the fact that they don't, they're assuming these, these people don't know the bands from the sixties well, and seventies. Well, I think again, they do. <laughs> you're, well, who is this now? My younger brother. What's his name? My, my younger brother, Steve. All right, so let's Steve, give a shout out to Steve. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yell at Steve. <laughs> so, so Steve, we didn't assume they don't know. I'm just, I'm thinking they don't know. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But we should ask those guys, have they heard of the Ventures? We should they, in a follow-up episode. You know, and see if they do. And if they do, I'll, I'll, I'll apologize and say I'm wrong. I'm an idiot. But, I actually, um, um, that, that episode, last week's episode, when they mentioned those bands that were influences... I went back and listened to those bands this week. Kind of related to what we're saying. I had a wonderful day today, a very enlightening day. The first thing, there's this great uh, documentary on Apple TV that just came out called Watch the Sound with Mark Ronson, you know, that that, that yeah. DJ producer guy. What's cool about it, what he does, it's kind of for a musician or an artist because he talks about drum machines and auto-tune and... Um, sampling and just you know and distortion those are the topics of each show and he talks about how they influence music it's really kind of cool and a couple of things i got from it one i have so much more respect now for these rap artists that i have no knowledge of that I just throw away is like i can't stand it there's a lot more going on in those tunes than i gave credit for not all of them some of them are i don't like but a lot of them have a lot going on layered to get what they're doing and it's not just a little yeah. drum beat and some like you know, making some noises. They're doing something. So, so I got to like, you know, apologize for whatever I would thought about that for years. So I'm backtracking on that. I never liked Mark Ronson. I always thought he was one of those LA Lady Gaga producer DJ guys mm-hmm. full of himself, like, you know, hanging out with Justin Bieber. That's not who he is at all. I really like this guy watching this video and like he's talking to McCartney. He's talking to guys from public enemy. He's talking to, I didn't know that he basically produced the first Amy Winehouse album. That's where he st- mm. kind of started. For one, I recommend any musician to watch this talks about how things kind of became, you know, and, and why things kind of went from one place to another. And I love those, you know, how things, this turns into that and that becomes this and this is why they did that. You know, it's kind of cool. And he goes through that. And then, um, about myself, about how I wish I was more open-minded initially. I usually come around down the road, but my first instinct is always so often, ah, that's garbage. Oh, that's crap. You know, and I'm usually wrong, you know, and then a few, you know, takes some time, sometimes faster than others. But then I find it, you know, years later or or sometimes decades later, I go, oh, I get it now why that stuff was great. So I learned about myself. So I got to be more open-minded. So Hmm. Everything Carl I've, is going to be more open. This is everything extraordinary. I've said to this point, forget it. I'm <laughs> fresh. This is this is like uh, it's not a brand new rule, but it's like a. <laughs> the new Carl is open to everything. Sweet, you know, and like you know, because like I just 
Because again, I, I make these rash judgments of things, and I'm wrong, and I feel like an idiot with my tail between my legs. So, and then you miss, and then you miss out on. Mm-hmm. But one thing I will yeah. say though, with that said, Nicole's brother Steve is still wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I uh, I've experienced that a bunch where I kind of passed a judgment on a producer or on an artist, and. You know, it's kind of contrary to the way I feel about it and what my experience has been. My experience has been that if you write songs well enough to, like, garner a lot of attention or you write a hit song or you're an act that, you know, uh, 20,000 people will pay 100 bucks to come see you. Chances are good that you're pretty smart and you're that pretty there's something connected. going. There's something yeah, going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on with you. Right, exactly right. So I think that might be the case with some of the rap artists and some of the hip-hop right. artists. They're compelling people. Um, I was shown this uh, guy that's a um, an attorney that's watching rap videos for confessions uh, of capital crimes inside the lyric to the rap this guy's got a youtube channel this stuff's pretty fascinating because i had absolutely no idea that there's a different language being spoken in kind of the gangster hip-hop genre so really interesting stuff yeah so so kudos to all that again a lot of it i don't don't love to listen to it's not my taste right there are a lot of great things that aren't my taste but but I got to give it, give it kudos, man, because a lot of it stuff really, like some of those guys back in the '80s, what they were doing with the, with with the TR808s and the, you know, the rolling drum boxes and 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 you know the, the Akai samplers and stuff. It was great stuff, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, but there was one cool thing they did which I found really interesting too. Which again, getting back to our deep fake conversation last episode, you know, with with old artists being young again. So yeah, they, that deep fake thing. Yeah. So. Sean Lennon was there with with him talking about one of John Lennon's songs, uh, the song Hold On, off of uh, the Plastic Ono Band, I think it was. So what Mark Ronson did is reproduced it with this auto-tune and all these cool things and made it this, like, 2021 track. It, and it's, it sounded like a cool, brand-new song, but John, just with John Lennon. They could just take the Beatles stuff and just remix all this stuff and just have a whole new career. New it, new creativity, right. Because it, yeah, it, it, it really it, it didn't even sound like a dated song. It sounded like a new song as cool as anything that Billie Eilish is doing. What it made me feel too is like, because I've made records, right? And I've done things. I'm lazy. These guys are not lazy, man. They, they spent hours doing this stuff to get these sounds that, you know, they're there like to four, you know. I was always kind of lax in the studio. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, producers would push me. Okay, when can we go have a cigarette or a drink, you know? And- <laughs> now, I worked with you in the studio on that one album, and I think that you were... Um, yeah, I was there, but, you know... I- things things come easy to you, which is, that's difficult when, uh, you know, I don't think you can perceive yourself as working very hard when things come easy for you. I might have mentioned this before, but Nicole... So Carl decides he's going to do background vocals on all the tracks that we had built on this album we were making. He comes in and without rehearsal, like basically nails harmony vocals on every damn lead track for like seven or eight tracks in a row. He's like, that's good. That'll work. That's good. That'll work. That doesn't surprise me, though. It was extraordinary. It was amazing. (laughs) 
And so I think, Carl, the reason you feel like you're lazy is because things just come very easy to you. That those kinds of things, anyway. Well, well, I appreciate the compliment, yeah. but yeah, yeah, but, thank you. Like- but anyway, but these guys work hard. So again, mm-hmm. I guess the rap community doesn't know that I dissed it all these years. <laughs> <laughs> but if anyone from the rap community is listening, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> it, it, it goes pretty deep, it, and it's. Uh, I, I've recently been working with a, a group of producers, and I guess they identify as. EDM people, you know, uh, right. electronic dance music uh, stuff, but they are they are very very talented. Uh, shout out to my friend Spiderhound, who I've been working with on a pretty regular basis on some licensing efforts. And um, man, this guy has made a bunch of albums, and uh, they're all technically very very proficient. And there's some stuff on these records. There's some stuff on these albums that I've never heard before. You know, so and that's kind of hard to do if you're just going to, you know, do needle drops and sample a bunch of stuff. No, he's getting sounds that are different, you know, so it's kind of cool. Let's play another song by uh, Heather. All right. You want to play Catch and Release? Catch and Release (laughs) by Heather. Heather Bachelor? Heather Bachelor.
like that tune. It's, it reminds me of the, the 90s. There's some artists from the 90s with long blonde hair. I can't remember her name. Come what to me. what kind of songs would she have in the 90s? I forget it, it but it, it just reminds me so much of this one particular artist that I used to like. Really mellow, cool vibe. I like it. Yeah, and she's got a, a couple of new things coming out towards the end of this year, I think. So she's got a little bit going on for her. So I think we even talked to her, didn't we? We did. We did. We asked her a couple of questions to get to know her better. So we did ask Heather some questions. And uh, first, we asked her to tell us a little bit about herself. Let's hear. Hey. Thanks, Nicole, Carl, Greg, for having me on. And hi, everyone. I'm Heather. I'm originally from Little Rock, Arkansas. Grew up singing in choir finally at the age of 19, I think, <laughs> asked my dad to teach me to play guitar. Then I moved to Austin for a few years, going to college and getting my sea legs and performing. And then I moved to Nashville. Been here about 10 years. <laughs> I really love the community of writers and producers and uh, players. I feel like every single show that I go to, i always find at least one friend in the crowd because we all genuinely enjoy each other's music and have played together. Um, we all know the same people, I feel like. I mean, technically, Nashville is a big city, but it's it's really a small town when it comes to music, and I love that. I, I, I do think that there are still, there's still like the kind of the ashes of that feeling of community um, among songwriters, I think there there's still a little bit of that here. But fact of the matter is that, you know, a lot of people have moved to Nashville over the last five years, not 10, but five. Uh, and they have changed the complexion of the city. There's no question. But fact of the matter is that there still are uh, some enclaves of creativity where you can you know, enjoy other people's company and everybody's trying to write good songs and they'll do that sometimes in a group setting. So I guess that's, you know. So what else do we ask Heather? Uh, we actually wanted to know uh, what she is currently working on right now. Let's see what Heather had to say. So right now I am easing back into performing, trying to play it safe outdoors if I can. Um, but it's been really nice uh, getting back to it and getting in front of people again. I also feel a bit like a kid again, as I'm sure a lot of other artists do as well, because it's just been so long. My living room is great, but that human element of being in a room and all sharing the same experience through music, that's performing to me and the whole point. And I really miss that, and I'm very glad for it to be to be back and for it to continue to to keep going. I also just put out a a vinyl of my current EP, Who We Are Deep Down, and so it's four songs off of the vinyl as well as a live version that I cut of one of the songs. So I really hope everybody enjoys that that live version. I I put it on there as kind of a you know, special thank you really for, for people buying the vinyl. I wanted that. I wanted people to have something special. And if anyone still wants one, 
Um, you can get them on Bandcamp. The first batch of orders already shipped out, but there are some left. Lastly, I am deep in creation mode for my next project. A lot of writing, a lot of processing, really, the last year and a half and seeing what speaks to that. You know, one thing, I like her voice. I like the way she talks. She should read, she could read children's books. You know, she has a... She, she has a really nice speaking voice. Right. That's what I'm saying. And, and it's expressive. I, I liked it. And it's funny. Like, I think she worked with, I know she did a Treehouse recording. She did. And after, the, after this guy, Adam Dobkin, that, we, that I've worked with before. I love Adam. A shout out to Adam. You know, he does this great work. He's this great musician who does this video stuff. And he has this handheld way of just shooting video in his in his house where he lives. And it's, it's really beautiful how he does it. Great eye for um, video so. Yeah. Well, and we'll link that Treehouse um, performance as well as, if you are interested, her Bandcamp link for the vinyl. And I think that's pretty cool that she put out a vinyl. Um, you don't right, necessarily, I love that. You don't I love necessarily have that happening nowadays. So okay. No, I have this turntable I've had for a while. I got to set it up where it's easy access. I got to start playing more records. You know, there's something about playing records. And when you watch this thing with Watch the Sound with um, Mark Ronson, all throughout all the episodes, you see people playing records. And it just, it just looks so cool. It made me miss it. Everybody talks about how vinyl is a better listening experience. I think it's just a different listening experience. Well, it's a more of a visceral experience. It's more yeah. like you're, you're involved in it. It's something I'm putting on the record. And I don't know, there's something cool about it. What else did we ask Heather? Um, so we actually asked her what other music artists have inspired her music career so far. All right, let's start with Nora Jones. As a kid humming along to her first album and all those jazz tunes. Oh, that's when I fell in love with singing. High school, college, um, John Mayer, Sarah Bareilles, Leanne Le Havis a bit later. She is definitely the reason that I got into electric. Um, before I had only ever played acoustic, I saw a clip of her on this British talk show and I love the way that she finger picks. I never play with a pick, so it just, it really spoke to me. So intricate and beautiful. Cutting to the present, PJ Morton, fantastic writer. His lyrics are so relatable and just his grooves are just right in the pocket. So good. Maggie Rogers, as a writer, producer, and a performer. I saw her perform at the Ryman during the last leg of her Heard It In A Past Life tour, and the rawness of her emotions when she performs, it was so moving, it made me cry. <laughs> I really admire how strongly she connects to people through music, and that's definitely something that I always have in mind um, as a goal for my own. Lastly, my friends, countless talented, talented artists that I have played with, written with over the years who are just hustling every day, putting out beautiful music and moving their careers forward one step at a time. They inspire the hell out of me. Yeah, she seems like a thoughtful person. I, I like yep. her. You know, but she's like... You know, it's interesting for as long as we've been asking the, asking that question about um, your influences, Sarah Bareilles' name comes up all the time. And mm -hmm. I, 
I remember I, that first album. I, I love like, that album. Oh love my that album. god, that that's just extraordinary. Yeah, there, there was pop. There was the hit record "Love Song," but then there was that song "Gravity," and then it, yeah, she's just, she's just really great, and she's a good performer. Yeah, she, you know, she yeah, she's just a special talent, definitely. Mm-hmm. But um, when I was interested to hear her Nora Jones reference too, because we haven't heard that one before. I was trying to explain to somebody the other day the impact that the first. Really, the first six Elton John records had on people that were coming up in the 70s, uh, you know, when he hit just about the time people of my generation were forming their their likes and dislikes as far as songwriting and songs and popular music was concerned. And I can remember just listening to those albums like daily two and three times for years on end you know i mean i probably i had a, I had a stupid I'm, yep. I'm sorry cutting yep. in again i yep. had, a, I had a, a super thing i used to go out when i was upstate to college right i used mm. to have this like this lousy i didn't know some kind of Oldsmobile car I forget what it was and me and my friend gary were, were driving upstate to uh to new paul's where i went and was, I guess it was around 72 or 73, whatever it was. And, and we had a, this broken eight-track player in the car. And it would only, you know, the eight tracks to play four tracks, like track one, track two, like three songs in each track. And all we had was, it was broken, only played track three. And, <laughs> and, and the only, the only uh, cassette we had, the eight-track we had was Goodbye Elbert Growth. Oh, so, wow. So the only thing we could hear was Gray Seal. <laughs> Gray Seal <laughs> and, and, and like Harmony Those two songs kept playing over and over For like an hour and a half That's so a cool, that's really amazing Yeah, I mean, Goodbye Yellowbrook Rose just, but I couldn't Just play the most good, amazing uh, album Yeah, but you I know, couldn't play I was, any of the better songs I, I keep, just I keep thinking about it I think about it on multiple levels You know, it's not just the sounds that are on the record Or the songs or the subject matter But I remember there was a it was a gatefold, so it was it was like a double album, right? But yeah. I remember there was there was like a, a picture or a, a little painting commissioned for every single song title. So I remember what you know, all the young girls love Alice. I remember the picture. Oh yeah, right, yeah, I forgot. Right. And I remember there was a, a painting of Marilyn Monroe on on Candle in the Wind. I mean, let's get back to why we're supposedly doing this. Talking to, I think we asked, asked Heather one final question. Did we not? We did, and we asked her, "What does a successful music career look like to you?" Let's see what Heather had to say about that. I have always believed that when I can fully support myself through music. Believe me, that's not an easy ask these days. There are so many different routes that an artist can take to achieve that one goal. I think that it takes a team of people believing in you. I think it takes you believing in yourself as an artist and truly knowing who you are inside and out and continuing to do what you do. I will get there eventually. I really believe that. I may need to change routes a time or two, but I will do it because it's what I love. It's what I live for. The day that I can quit my day job (laughs) because music is now my job, that is success to me. I liked your answer. And I remember this. I think I told you this once. I used to bartend years ago in the village. Right next to me, where I used to bartend, you know, on 7th Avenue South, right around the corner was this jazz club, the small little jazz club called Smalls that opened up around 3.30 in the morning on on the weekends, Friday and Saturday night, right? It was a late night after hours club. You bring your own booze and stuff. And it had live jazz, right? 
every Friday and Saturday, probably around two o'clock, this old African American guy would come in. I forget his name, but he would um, have a couple of like, uh, I think a scotch, right? And he would hand me money, right? And one night he goes to me, hands me the 20 bucks for his drink. He goes, here you go. And we talked for a while. We got to know each other. And he's a retired English teacher, right? So I go, okay. So he's just, now he's retired. He's just, you know, having fun playing, you know, playing his trumpet. He hands me the 20 bucks. He goes, by the way, that money I just gave you, that's jazz money. I go, what do you mean? That ain't no teacher pension money. That's money I made playing jazz. Just want you to know that. So like, and ever since then, I always thought about like what she just said about earning a living. Fantastic. It's like ma- Fantastic. making jazz money, you know? So and like, That's but, jazz money. Right. It was great. I love great. this, man. Right, so so I guess I guess everybody's dream success is when you when you make when you can have jazz money, you know. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start telling people where that money came from that I pay for things. I think that's cool. You know, it's not mom's money. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. That's that's not dad's money. That's consultant money, baby. (laughs) Right. Well, it ain't podcast money. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's a damn. That's damn sure. We have not reached that level of success where we can tell people that's podcast money. <laughs> that's a great story, though, Carl. I, never awesome. told you, I, I must have told you that. I can't believe I haven't told you that. No, you've never told me that story. So anyway, so what are we doing now? We we got more to do, or no? I think we're done. I mean, we've been talking for forty minutes already. <laughs> God, it goes, you know, you know, time flies when you're open. Yeah. You know, when you're open. <laughs> but one thing I still have to say, though, no matter what, what I said here, whatever. So I apologize to everyone, except to your brother Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's get us out and let's get moving. All right, everyone. Well, if you are going to be in the Nashville area for the podcast movement conference that is taking place from August 3rd through August 6th at the Gaylord Opryland Resort, make sure that you come and see myself and Greg on August 5th, which is Thursday at 2.15 in the Delta Room during our talk about what is going on with music and podcasting. We will be there throughout the whole conference at the podcast music booth, correct, Greg? If you want to come talk to us beforehand or after I get to know us. But we will be there and we will be ready to talk all things music, podcast, and all of the fun stuff. But for everyone who is listening through the end of this episode and is not going, make sure you listen through to the end end because we are playing another song from Heather called um, Roll With Me. But for everything that we've talked about in this episode, make sure that you go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. I know what I'm made of now When people leave It's the least that stays I know I won't break down Like a train I'll keep on keeping on One fight Doesn't mean a lifetime of sadness Come on and light If you're still
now I want to grow old with you So won't you get on board Be brave, don't just wave goodbye Are you with me? 